Good morning. My name is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I welcome you to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. It is summer in Columbus, Georgia, and we are doing some things in new and different ways, and we encourage you to hold true for your faith as well. Let's seek God in some new and different ways. We can do this together. We're glad you're here. Come on in. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is taken from Mark's gospel. We are in chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. Listen for the word of the Lord. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John whom I'm beheaded has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but she couldn't. For Herod feared John knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his couriers and officers for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, 
She pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for whatever you wish and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give to you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, what should I ask for? She replied, the head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want, to give, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved. Yet out of regard for his oaths and for his guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we enter into this time of confusion, <laughs> I said confusion, almost said confusion, communion. I want you to know that this table has been prepared for you by Christ himself. This table does not belong to First Presbyterian Church. It is not a Presbyterian table. It is a table set by Christ himself, and you are invited to come and share this feast. You, and you, and you, even y'all, and me. We are invited. Why are we invited to this table? Well, let me take a step back. In 2016, I wanted to surprise my wife, Vicki, with concert tickets to the Dave Matthews Band in Tampa, Florida. At that time, we lived in Tallahassee. It wasn't too far. Now, if you don't know the Dave Matthews Band, that's okay. They emerged kind of in the early to mid-90s, the same time that Vicki and I had met in graduate school at the Presbyterian School of Christian Education in Richmond, Virginia. They were breaking just as we were breaking our new relationship. As a matter of fact, our first date, official date together, was on February 14th. 1995, we saw the Dave Matthews Band with the Richmond Symphony there in Richmond. They kind of became our house band. Uh, I do not advocate, as your pastor, all of the lyrics and or all of the songs and themes put forward by said band. However, we enjoyed it then and we still enjoy it. It's a great band. They have a nice mix. They have instruments that join them. They're a jam band. In addition, they've had some top 40 hits, and they continue to be who they are. So, going to get Vicky these tickets. We used to see them every year after we graduated, soon after we were married, but it had been a while, so I thought, we're going to do it. I'm going to surprise her. Guys? You know how that works sometimes when you try to surprise and then it doesn't work so well? Here we were. So I get tickets and I get pretty good tickets. And we're staying overnight there, get the girls taken care of, we get the animals all set, everybody's all ready to go, which doesn't know a thing. 
And then she sees the credit card statement. Says, what are you doing? I said, surprise! Gonna go see the band and we're gonna have a couple days just us. And While she was happy about that part, as far as I know, she was upset about the money. The money, the money, the money. And she wasn't just upset, she was mad. And I, friends, was in trouble until something miraculous happened. Something wonderful happened. I, dear friends, won the golden ticket. At every venue, if you are a part of the band's fan club called The Warehouse, at each site in their tour, they choose one winner out of each venue to win the golden ticket. I won the golden ticket. Now, the great thing is, and this is another example why I believe God wants Vicki and I to be together and to stay together, they reimburse you for the tickets you've already purchased. <laughs> Off the hook. Off the hook. And we got better tickets and better seats than we would have. And we got a fun swag bag filled with all kinds of things. I've got a hammock with the Dave Matthews Band on it. I have a couch throw with Dave Matthews Band and, and uh, power charge, all kinds of stuff that we just wouldn't have got on our own. They just hand you this big bag full of stuff, fun. And even though I tried to lobby and say, do we get to meet them? It's a golden, golden ticket winner. Well, sorry, no, you don't get to... Well, Charlie got to meet Willy Wonka when he got the golden ticket. I'll, I'll pray for I'll preach her. I'll pray for him. They'll love me. No, couldn't get to meet them. They said, just be happy with the stuff you got and shut up. So I, friends, was chosen. We went and we had a great weekend. All was well. And we lived to tell the tale. Still married after 22 years. Think about all the times in your life that you were chosen or not chosen. Think about that. So much of our life is based on the ways that we choose or that other things or people choose us. I tried to start thinking through and it's every day. We make choices and choices are made about us that dictate who we are, who we become, and where we're going. Think back to that elementary school playground. We used to divide up by captains. Were you ever the last chosen? Think back to those friends that you, you had that special friend that you thought was cool and you wanted to hang out with them. And some of those friends worked out and then some of them didn't. Sometimes you chose them, but they didn't choose you. Nice segue into adolescence. Think about dating, friends. How many times did you choose somebody? And I hope you didn't say it this way, but you could go up and say, I have chosen you to be my special friend. 
How often does that special person not retaliate? More often than not, I would think. Well, true in my case. The assignments we choose to do or not to do, we choose that. The extracurriculars we choose to be a part of, we choose some of that. Although sometimes within those structures, choices are made for us about how we assume the role of that group or organization. I was in a youth symphony orchestra in Northern California my senior year, chosen to have the big bass clarinet solo in a piece called Grand Canyon Suite. I still remember it. It started at the highest note on the instrument and went to the lowest. I got it about 75% of the time. But I was chosen for that, and that was kind of neat. I was chosen to be an elder when I was a senior in high school by a church. I'm not sure what they were thinking, what they saw. And that was pretty amazing. When we move to our colleges, sometimes we choose college. I'm going there, but they don't choose us. Or sometimes they choose us, and I'm not going there, and we don't go there. was grateful that that student that I had met in graduate school, filled with gifts and passion and joy, chose me in response to my choosing her. We chose each other. Then it's jobs, right? I want to do this. Maybe you have navigated different majors in college. Maybe you've gone to graduate school and you're doing this. This is where you're going. But maybe that company that you had your eyes set on didn't choose you, or maybe they did. Maybe you started your own business. Maybe you were working at home or in different organizations where you were doing your part for whatever group. This idea of choosing and being chosen it's really so much a part of our journey because the way we decide and the way we react when we are not chosen really says a lot about who we are and what we believe. If you remember the movie called March of the Penguins some years ago, it chronicled and followed the emperor penguin in Antarctica, was filmed all up there. And one of the interesting things, well, I think it's interesting, you can tell, is that the female penguins would lay one egg a year. That's it, one. And then as soon as that egg is laid, she leaves. She goes to the Bahamas for nine weeks. No, she, she goes to get food and leaves the egg, not in a nest. They don't build nests. They hatch them, and that's the male's job. And so the male stays there and has to protect that egg until the female comes back with food and more reinforcements. And so the male is chosen 
to protect that life, and he takes it so seriously that he doesn't eat, they lose sometimes half of their body weight because they won't leave that egg. Sometimes it's 80 below zero. Sometimes wind speeds up to 112 miles an hour. 74 is hurricane strength. And there they stand, protecting their offspring. They are chosen. They are designed for that purpose. Then nine weeks later, again, roughly, the females come back, and it's hopefully all has gone well. But the male is chosen, and the male takes that on. It's not easy. It's sacrificial. But it is what they are both programmed to do. Can they choose not to? I would think so. But I, I don't know about the brain functions of penguins so much. But one of the interesting things, too, is that what, what do they do when the females leave? Do the males get together, smoke cigars, and drink whiskey and play poker? No. They don't just hatch and incubate the egg. They all band together. All of the males get together with their eggs to form a bigger group. If they have to move, they all move together. They all move back. They all work together because it is mutually beneficial to finish the job to which they had been chosen. In this Ephesians passage today, it's great. Ephesians love Ephesians. Traditionally, Paul writes it, although there's some discrepancy over um, use of, of grammar and phrases and such. But the beginning of Ephesians is really reinforcing who we are as God's children, what God has done for us. That's where we are this morning in the passage that Aaron read. The second half, then four through six, those chapters, talk to us about specifically how we live into and in response to what God has already done for us. It's a great book. You can knock it out. Six chapters, easy peasy. But listen to the first couple of verses. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He chose us in Christ when? Last week. Did he say, you know what, before I offer these many gifts of love and grace to you, let's go have a cup of coffee so I can get to know you a little bit. I'm going to put you on a 90-day evaluation period, God might say to each of us, and see how you do. And if you do okay, well then, bam, open the God box, give you all that love, all that grace, all that joy that Christ brought. God do that? Of course not. Of course not. Before the foundations of the earth, 
I chose you. Oh, wait a minute. How can that be? God knows, knew me millions, billions, thousands, hundred years ago? Yes. God knew us as a people. We were part of God's will from creation. Just as God spoke creation into being, let there be light, and there was light, God brought us into being and chose us to be inheritors of all God's good things through Christ. Thomas Merton, Trappist monk, said, I asked, him, asked himself a question and then answered it. He said, who am I? And he answered it. I myself am a word spoken by God. And so we are chosen. Do you believe you're chosen by God? I don't know, preacher. Maybe. How many people think you're chosen by God? Raise your hand. You know the right answer. Good, good, good. Then why do we live as though we are not? Why do we live as if that is not important in our world? We are chosen by God Almighty to be inheritors through Christ of all of God's great things. The ability to be forgiven. The ability for Christ who was raised from the empty tomb to raise us out of our tombs. Mercy. The journey of an intimate walk with Christ in this life and into the next. All of that, we were chosen. Well, Psalm 139 says you were fearfully and wonderfully made, intricately woven from the heart of the earth. You were no accident, none of you. You were here with a purpose, and that's the second part. First, realize that you have been chosen, and because you were chosen and created, you were chosen and created with a purpose. God didn't just make the world and then leave, go wherever God would go and say, good luck. God is here in this place today and every day. God's Spirit fills our hearts, hems us in, in front, and behind. Again, Psalm 139, there is no place we can go that God isn't there. And that is to be celebrated. And yet, we often close our hearts and our lives because we're afraid of what we think that might mean. If we look at the blessings that God has given us and seeks to give us, we will know that God means us no harm. God is for our welfare, not our harm. Think of the blessings in your life. Think of them. If you know Anne Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, author, evangelist, her house was broken into a few years ago. The robbers took almost everything of value. 
The night after the break-in, she lay awake, terrorized, fearful of what she could lose. And she started thinking about it. She could lose her children or her husband. She could lose her life through illness or accident. She could lose her job, her finances, even her reputation. So she decided to make a list of eternal blessings that cannot be taken away from us. And she does this in the form of an acrostic for our alphabet. So it starts with an A. There's a word for every word. Listen, I am accepted by God, beloved by God, chosen by God, delivered by God, enlightened by God, forgiven by God. That's through F. I have the grace of God, hope for the future, inheritance in heaven, justification, knowledge of God, love, mercy of God, nearness of God, oneness with God, peace, quickening of the Spirit. Q. I am colon, redeemed, sealed with the Holy Spirit, treasured by God, united with other believers, validated as an authentic child of God. And finally, I have His wisdom, and one day I will be exalted with Him. And she doesn't get to Y and Z. She just kind of writes that off. But all of those things are gifts for all of us. That we've been given, given. Should we choose to respond to being chosen? Should we choose to respond to being chosen? And like those emperor male penguins, our job as a faith community is to work together to take the word of Christ from this place into the world so that others know so that others know that they have been created from the foundation of the earth, that God loves them, that God is seeking for them to know that they have been chosen, that they are fully blessed, just as all of us are, and that they too are invited to this table. If God created the world and everybody in it, then we're all brothers and sisters regardless of what we believe. Fred Craddock tells a story of World War II about a missionary who was coming back home for Christmas and came into a port city where he was to catch his steamboat and realized that there were diaspora Jews who were running from Germany for their lives who were staying in that place. He had been wired money from his home church to get home for Christmas. But on his way, he knew of this place where some of these Jews were holed up in an attic. So he went and he said, Merry Christmas. He said, um, we're Jews. He said, I know it. What would you like for Christmas? I said, uh, some good German pastries? says, you got it. So he goes and he takes his money he was going to use for going home, and he goes and buys them good German pastries, fills up that attic. So he has to wire home for more money. And his church says, uh, we already sent you money. Why? Where has the money gone? He said, I bought pastries for a bunch of Jews on Christmas morning. 
Uh, why would you do that? They don't even believe in Jesus. He says, yes, but I do. And when we come to this table, we are in that same missionary position. We are called to take this meal, participate first, and then take it out into the world so that others know that they are chosen and that they are blessed and that they are invited should they choose to respond to being chosen. So as we come to this table invited by Christ, chosen by Christ, and blessed by Christ, we know that what happens here is so much bigger than a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice. We are in holy communion with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of God breaks into this table. So come, friends, and let us eat together.